we we were laughing so hard and just i don't i didn't notice anybody else laughing in the theater i was like is this just us but that enjoyment that level of laughter so low expectations yes. and inebriated yeah equal five stars not five stars it's a i give it four stars which might be too high too but i, I just i do see more and more as i think about it and watch scenes again like more to be impressed by where it's like how do you get the dialogue this bad but you have so many good setups and pay and payoffs throughout the movie with the werewolf stuff with the monster stuff going on with the john carpenter references just like there's a lot of good stuff the fact that allison keeps talking about how her muffler rattles and they set that up and they they make you learn that sound of her car and then at the very end without any dialogue he hears the muffler coming down the street and you're like yeah they set that up really well like that uh, i don't know if i would say set up well they set it up it is it is set up payoff i i think think the payoff is the payoff is no words the payoff is not like i think a bad payoff would be like that's allison's muffler if they vocalized it but no they just trust the audience you hear the muffler you know it's allison (laughs) no no no, they show it to you so Eventually the audience knows. Corey, Corey is aware of it. That's so the he thing. doesn't have to say a word. Yeah. But and that's fine. But then I still it's, think, I, it's I not still like, oh, I we don't have to tell impressive. the audience. Dude. I still think it's impressive. But you... that's not what we're here to talk about today. <laughs> <laughs> because we would literally keep going on and on like a fucking merry-go-round. Ah, uh, Halloween ends. Halloween ends, man. I love it. It ends. Until the next movie that comes out. Yeah. Uh, I just want to say, the other detail I really liked, uh, going back to the vampiric thing, this is the last thing I'll say. Michael chokes him, right? Grabs his neck. Vampires like to attack the neck. I noticed that when he's talking to Allison, like, two scenes later, you can still see Michael's fingerprints on his neck. Like, the bruises there Uh. from Michael grabbed him. He's been marked by Michael. He's got the kiss of Michael. You know, like Twins of Evil, the vampire's kiss. Boo. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're not here to talk about that. This is... The Weekly Podcast Massacre. And um, it's November now, so we are starting a new theme. We're leaving monster mashups in the past. Um, monster Heritage Month. Sadly. Sadly, it's over. But, uh, you know, it's Thanksgiving. Last year, we focused on movies that dealt with family. I mean, and hey, we're going to go back to that a little bit, but we're going to get a little more specific because November is the time when your whole family gathers and long-standing beefs between you and your siblings crop up, and we want to see those reflected in horror movies. So all November long, we are talking about sibling rivalries. To talk about sibling rivalries, I should introduce myself first. My name is Greg, and I am in Los Angeles reporting here. Uh, from a different location than I usually am, you know. Um, I was chased out of town because of my Halloween ends opinions. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so, uh, coming to you from the San Fernando Valley today. Uh, with me, though, is my co-host. Co- co-host. Jesus. Co-host. Co-host. <laughs> uh, yes, I am Michael from Portland, but everyone calls me Murphy. Uh, Yeah, I'm excited to talk about this, because this is something that I have zero experience with, besides through uh, another medium. Because, as we've discussed before on the podcast, 
I am an only child. Yeah. But Greg, you have multiple siblings, right? You're the youngest of six? No, second, second youngest of six. Yeah. Okay. Um, two of those are half-siblings, um, and then I have, from the same parents, I have three siblings. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, a lot of us, yes. Uh, and I, I live with my younger Jeez. brother. Uh, we, we rent an apartment together, so, like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still in close contact with him. And with my other siblings, we're all pretty close. Uh, you know, uh, lifelong friends, which is something I can definitely talk about, you know, uh, the context of this movie, too. This movie gets into it a lot. Uh, we are talking about are... 1988's Pin. Are they all in California? One of them is in Utah. Uh, actually, no, sorry. Okay. Uh, one, my half-brother is in U- My half-brother and my full sister <laughs> are in Utah. Uh, the rest are in California. Yeah, and kind of just coincidence that they both ended up going to Utah. It wasn't like they planned it out or anything. Um, oh. Yeah. But yes. You should probably just give the title of the movie again, because I was <laughs> talking over you. Yeah, we were talking about 1988's Pin, directed by Sandor Stern. Great name there. Uh, written by Sandor Stern, but based on a novel by Andrew Niederman, who also wrote the book The Devil's Advocate. Um, yeah. Which is kind of, I was kind of interesting. Up- a bunch of his uh, novels. I mean, he wrote quite a yeah. few. And then there was one he had that was titled Child's Play. Yes. And I went, hold on a second. I thought it was uh, original Don Mancini, but no. Did Bobo, they, yes, it is original Don Mancini. This is a completely different story yeah. with the same name. Did that one get... Because I know there's a 70s movie called Child's Play. Um, I can't, And it's kind of got I big think, stars in it. I'm wondering if that's based on the same book. It came no. It came out, I think, a few years before the movie did. Okay, gotcha, and that's why gotcha. I was like, "Oh, uh, you know, maybe this is it." But no. Wow. Uh, Sandor Stern is also a screenwriter, and he, uh, for horror fans, might be known as the writer of the screenplay for the original Amityville Horror, which I don't think is a good movie. But I don't know. You know, he wrote just he just wrote the script. Maybe it got messed up in direction or something. Um, who knows? Uh, it's also Canadian production, and um, Sandor Stern, if you look at his filmography, he's done a ton of television work, and uh, to me, this movie, at times, feels like a TV movie. Um, it it well, definitely has that, yes, that aesthetic. It was a direct-to-video for an American, for America. Right. Uh, it was, like, straight-to-VHS, and yes, it definitely has that feeling of not quite... Uh, a high high budget production, and then there are some really random n- nudity that I don't know why it's in here. I like I don't think yeah. there's anything. I mean, I don't mind it. Trust me, I don't mind it. But I think it's a good. I don't understand. I, I actually thought I did remark. I wrote it down in the notes that like, oh, they held off on nudity till now, but it is at a crucial moment. Like I think that they do hold it off to the right time. You know what I mean? Because it's it's a, we'll get into it, but it is a point where, like Leon, really has to make the decision. You know sure. what I mean? But it's it is of a fact of like you did not need to physically show it no. to us, the audience. You could have gotten away with a PG thirteen rating, allowing more people to yeah. view this this movie. It really is just it's so random of why it's there, and you could just have her. In a brazier, 
or just know. like I, I, you know, I, I might come have down, it behind. I might come down on not random. I think it's really important at that point that he faces like the full temptation. You know what I mean? Of like you could be quote unquote normal. Here's what here <laughs> is is what you quote unquote should be into. You know what I mean? Right. But it's still it's not necessarily showing it to us. You can yeah. I th- I think it works. I, I think if you're watching this because and you are. You're watching this through Leon's eyes. I, I kind of think you need to see it. You know, you need to mm-hmm. really understand what he is, what he is going through at that point, like what he's being offered, essentially. So hey, we'll, we'll talk, I think we can talk about more detail. Easy ways to show uncomfortability without having the physical nudity. I guess viewing so. to us. I guess so. I, I I thought I don't know. I I thought. Because I, I, I le- legit wrote this out of my notes. I was like, oh, interesting time to, like, finally do it. And then I thought about it more in, like, his, in terms of his character arc. And I was like, yeah, that kind of that totally works. Like, that's the moment that he's fully broken after that, you know, when he turns that down. For me, for me. I guess it would. <laughs> it is, it's an interesting thought to, like, when, when did his mind fully break? Yeah. Well, I think there's two key points where, like... It's the classic Simpsons thing. If you go frame by frame, you could see his heart breaking. You know what I mean? Like you can see oh, the exact oh, yeah. moment. Uh, so let's hey, let's talk about it more in depth. So yeah, written and directed by Sandor Stern. Pan is a 1988 Canadian horror movie about a young man named Leon, uh, played by David Hewlett, and his sister, Ursula, played by Cynthia Preston. Uh, they are being raised by their father, Terry O'Quinn, <laughs> as Dr. Linden. We got him back. Uh, I think the same year as his stepfather, right? 1988? That sounds right. Uh, stepfather was 87. Okay, 87. So right after, he is jumping mm-hmm. right back into playing, like, psychopath father. Creepy father figure. Yeah, not exactly yeah. psychopath in this movie, but he's pretty fucked up. Um, and there's one line in particular yeah. I was like, oh, what kind of life does this guy have? Because, like, well, I'll talk about that line a little later on. But, um, yeah, great Terry O'Quinn. We have uh, Bronwyn Mantle as Mrs. Linden. Uh, eventually we meet Patricia Collins as Aunt Dorothy. And then John Piper Ferguson, a stand fraker, to kind of round out our main characters. So, the character of Pin. There's one more actor in this movie. Did you, did you right. get this? I did see, and I don't know if I can believe hear it. it. There were some lines. I there were some lines where I was like, "Oh, there's a little drawl on that line," that is him. But the character of Pin, who is a lifeless, anatomically correct, like medical dummy. Yeah, baby. The character of Pin he must be extremely anatomically correct. Oh yeah. Oh yes. Um. But the character of Pin is quote unquote voiced because he doesn't actually talk. It's all ventriloquism. Ventriloquism. But the voice you hear for Pin is Jonathan Banks from Breaking Bad, which blew my fucking mind because I, I had seen this movie before. I watched this a couple years ago because I was reading some internet list of just like, you know, 10 weird horror movies that you've never heard of that are worth checking out, you know? And this was one of them. And so, like, I just put it on the back burner for a long time. There was a uh, pretty late into the video store cycle, like the mid mid twenty tens. There was a video store not too far from where I lived, and I would go and check out movies there because I just wanted to keep them in business. And I, they sometimes it was that classic it was that classic video store thing where 
they stock titles that aren't easily accessible, maybe, sometimes. That and, ones you're not going to find at Blockbuster. Yes, and Pin was one I was even having trouble finding online. Like, I wasn't streaming anywhere. Like, I was never, you know, I, I, I've never been, I don't really have anything against it, but I've never been a guy who's, like, been, I'm going to download every movie on the internet and file it away on a server. You know what I mean? I just don't uh, do that. Even though I think it is, like, important, actually, that people do curate their own things, especially if they're not available. Like, yeah, get a copy any way you can and hold on to it. Absolutely. Uh, so I was having trouble finding it, but then this video store had it. So I was like, okay, fine, I'll get to see this. And I, I liked it a lot. I, I, I think that this is a pretty good movie. Um, but I had seen it. I had no idea Jonathan Banks is the fucking voice of Pin. I could hear it here and there. It's kind of interesting. It, it is interesting. Uh, I was going to say, I watched this. There is a, a whole uploaded version on YouTube. That's how I watched it, too. I don't know if that's the one that you watched mm-hmm. as well. But I, as much as I was chiding the nudity, I do really love when nudity gets past, like, the artificial intelligence and yeah. is on YouTube. It's, you know, we, I can go into another search finder and, and get, a, you know, millions of naked women. But I do <laughs> really enjoy it. When it's on something that it's not supposed to be on. Yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I know. I, I agree. And it's just weird that this is up there. The video I watched too, I, and they it was kind of helpful because they they dropped a, a few bits of trivia in. But was the one you watched? Was it like hosted by two guys, like chain smoking oh, no. and drinking uh, wine? <laughs> I I did notice that there is a version. I think it was like Full Moon's YouTube channel. Yeah. That was was I saw that it. one. Uh, I noticed it because I was it was like fifteen minutes longer than the one I watched. I was like, did I? Am I missing? Oh, footage? so that's the one I'm talking no, about. No, yeah, because no. uh, I just yeah. looked at my history because I figured I'll give them a shout out. Um, Newcastle After Dark is the channel. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah, okay. and but it's like two guys, just clearly two horror fans, and they do the Joe Bob thing. They introduce the movie, they cut in in the middle of it just once. It seems like. And talked about the you know the a bit of trivia and stuff like that, but it was fun. I, oh God, Greg, is this our future? Probably, yeah. Oh, which no. I don't, I don't mind. I don't mind it. Hey, look, this seems like fun. Um, but because these guys were, one was like smoking a fat stogie, like a huge cigar. They're both drinking red wine. The other guy, I think, either had a cigarette or a joint <laughs> or something. Like they were, they were living it up, talking about Ugh. pit. Um, but I appreciated their input because, like, they said Jonathan Banks in the middle of it. I was like, what the fuck? Are you fucking kidding? Like, I hadn't scrolled that far down on IMDb. So, um, let's get into the plot, I suppose. Uh, we can start talking about that. Uh, so, we open up on a group of kids. Classic kid pranks going on. They're, they are coming up on this house at the end of this little clearing where there's some woods. Pretty nice house. They see a figure in the window, and they're debating whether it's a real person or a dummy. And, of course, you get the classic, you know, hey, I, if, you, if you're not scared, why don't you go up and see? So one kid is brave enough to do it. He climbs up, up like, the house, gets close to the window. When he gets close to there, he sees the figure. Its eyes move and look at him. And it says something like, help it me? It says, help me. Yes, which is scary as hell. Yikes. Yeah, very creepy. Really good creepy opening. Although, I was thinking maybe we shouldn't have done that because that might make the final reveal in the movie a little more impactful. Right? It kind of does step on, uh, on like the ending, the final, final scene. 
I guess so a little bit. Although I was interested. Although you kind of know. As soon I as kept you... thinking about it. As soon as quote unquote who... pin talks at the end, you know it anyway. But yeah. Right. But it was the idea of like, oh, how is it going to happen? Is it... Uh, I was even considering, I mean, we're obviously in spoiler territory, that it, it could have been Ursula. Like, oh, she was doing the Ursula. Well, no, that it was like he paralyzed her, oh. like put her in in the pin thing. Yeah. And then like, that's her trying to say, help me. That could have been good too. Um, or just even that when you hear pin talk at the end it's it's her doing the ventriloquism before it's revealed to be leon as that, i mean that would have been a really good twist too i would have liked that it's um, interesting so we flash back to 15 years earlier this is where we meet young leon young ursula and terry quinn dr linden's being a fucking asshole he like he just asks ursula hey count to 10 and she does it and he's like great but she's two years younger. Yeah, like there, there's some, there's an age gap. But I do love how they're eating cookies, yes. and drinking milk, and then the mother automatically is like vacuuming underneath. Like there's so many the great mom is fun character, <laughs> like non-verbal character traits that we get from each person. Yeah, and I think I think genuinely every performance is good too. Like uh, with one of them being pretty great. Um, I. Yeah, I think Stan is fine. Stan's I fine. Think the older I th- Leon is I th- like. I think eh. I think Stan is better than he needs to be. Uh, and I, older, no, yeah. older Leon, he's my MVP, man. I I think he's really good in this. I think uh, he doesn't he doesn't have a a candle's fart next to Terry O'Quinn. <laughs> Terry O'Quinn gives such an amazing performance. He's awesome when they're in the car. Yeah, he is really good. Uh, even. Even before when he's like, I need my notes to give a speech. Like, he's he's locked into this, yeah. this uh, <laughs> psychotic person. He is absolutely having fun, for sure. I, I totally agree with that. Uh, I think um, I think he's really good, but also I think your, your lost love is coloring this a little bit. I don't know, maybe not, because I, I, he's great. He is great. But I think Leon is really, <sighs> I think Leon's fantastic. I think he kind of makes the movie pass because you lose Terry O'Quinn, and then I think the rest of it is That's like true. carried by Leon with some really really good supporting performances from other people. But yeah, so uh, they we meet Quinn pretty pretty early after uh, Leon gets scolded for not counting backwards from a hundred by seven accurately. Uh, <laughs> I get scolded. He gets like, "Oh no, we'll try again tomorrow." Like, you're, I think you're. It's a scolding, and I think, and I think, I know Quinn's actions and his like demeanor. You get a harshness, even if it's not like, right. super biting. You know what I mean? He's stern and like, logical in his appreci- appreciation of life. I related to Leon in that moment of being told you're wrong in just, in just the wrong way. That like you, even if it's gentle, you're wrong you take it very harshly. I was absolutely mm-hmm. like that as a kid in school where I was like, oh yeah, I can do this and I would be wrong and I would be fucking devastated when I was told I didn't do it right. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I just, I think I related to him in that sense. Um, we go to their, their father's office. He's a pediatrician and pin is there. <laughs> he's skinless and he's got these weird pursed lips. Uh, and his eyes that just like yeah. stare into you. It's such a fucking They're creepy. so blue. Yes. That's really the thing that gets to me. And so 
I don't know if he's a pediatrician, but he's just like a doctor. Right, he might just be and a doctor, because he, he does a procedure later where it's like, well, I don't think pediatricians are doing that too often. Uh, yeah. Yeah, hopefully not. You're right, he uh, might just be a town but doctor. But he, he's like, he's got the kid, he's like, oh, maybe it's the flu, and then Penn is actually talking with Terry O'Quinn. And it's so, it's so disturbing trying to, trying to just think about how this came about right and yeah. it, it really definitely seems because later we get another shot of terry o'quinn when he thinks he's alone and he's talking to Penn. so this seems to be something that's gone on for years yeah decades even probably that this is how he uh got through medical school maybe is what i'm assuming is that this is at, at some point he was studying and then would just use pen to be like a learning tool yeah and then it kept going too far and so half of his medical information is inside of pin or good. the pin side of his head yes i'm gonna i'm gonna delve into that a little deeper once you get to a certain point um because i i think you're totally right it's a great great breakdown of <laughs> maybe how this came to be and uh so uh yeah he's helping him diagnose the kid um, he's playing a little game like, oh, Pin, that's not quite right, but Pin is right about pro- you know about it being the flu. Uh, so after they leave the office, the kid and and Doctor Linden, uh, Leon and Ursula walk up to Pin. They start talking to him, right? And Leon is talking about Pin wearing clothes, and so right away it's getting into like ideas like Pin and nudity and shit. Where he's like, hey, Pin, if you want to wear clothes, like, I can put them on you, and then I can take them off when you come, when you need to, like, be an example for the doctor. And at this yeah. point, Lyndon is standing behind him, and he's doing the ventriloquism. And I really like this, that Ursula turns around and she sees this. And so she already knows mm-hmm. from this age what the truth is, right? But Leon is full-on believing Pin is a separate entity that is talking, Right? Not my father's voice. Like, that's not what it is. It, Pin is his own person. He he sees it as his brother. Yes. As a member of the family. Absolutely. Um, but I really like that. And the look on Terry O'Quinn's face, too, is he's kind of, like, trying not to move his mouth. But you can see the hint of, like, the lips moving is really good. Um, so, uh, we go back to the house. We have Mrs. Linden scolding Leon for being dirty and his friends tracking dirt in the house. Uh, I, really... I do. I did love his line of yes, like, well, yes, maybe I... you should sanitize them as they come in, and I, she just I... smacks the shit out of him. I wrote it down verbatim. Why don't you just sterilize him at the door? Slap. Him. <laughs> just... There you go. <laughs> it's great. Uh, we see he's made fun of. Although one, of, it's kind of weird. It's real mixed messages. <laughs> you know, and I'm, I'm glad that it it wasn't like halloween ends where she slaps them and then automatically kisses him on the lips. I like that. Which I is like a, it. I actually. I like it in Halloween Ends. Yeah. I think it adds a lot to the character, but it is one of those things that, like that it would not have fit here. Yeah, for but sure. I kind of wish they had. Totally, <laughs> it might have fit here because, like you know, this whole thing is being sexually confused, and like you know, there's so. a lot about sexuality, especially yeah. since they're when they're learning about it, they're even thinking about each other. Like, their, right. parents their parents doing it. like yeah. that's what they're trying to consider like, oh and they, they have can a f- even believe yeah i actually i really like those scenes because i don't know we'll, we'll talk about it when we get to it in just a moment you're getting close so 
um, the kids are making fun of him at school, although it's mixed messages because one kid's like, come play with us. And the kid's like, you're a fucking dork. Like, your mom's going to make you clean or whatever. It's, you know, one kid is like, yeah, come do it. The other one's like, no, go away. Uh, so we see he has no friends. He goes to Pin, and he tells Pin this. He's like, I don't have any friends. Um, I have Ursula, but she's a girl. I can't really talk to her. So it's just you. So please talk to me. And of course, Pin doesn't say anything because no one's there to speak for Pin. So he hears somebody coming in. So he hides in this room. And this is where a nurse comes in. She's just kind of talking about so business. So bizarre. So bizarre. She sees no like, one's around. She's like, well, Pin, it's time. How many times has she done this with Pin? What first gave her the idea? Was it a scene, the dong on Pin, where she's like, well... I guess so. <laughs> well, in when he's in the seat, he has, like, a little towel over his lap. And yeah. she goes over and, like, pulls up the towel. Like, mm. And you have to think, that thing's got to be cold, right? And, like, very uncomfortable. Like, room temp? <laughs> you should yeah. just buy a fucking dildo, woman. Like, <sighs> I don't understand... Is it the rush of, like, I'm doing something I shouldn't be? In the office, yeah. Is it just... Uh, it also did make me think of Dahmer, although this is, like, a couple years, but, like, when he had that mannequin. There's just something about a skinless man, you know? Yeah. So she fucks Pin. There's no other way to say it. She puts him on the table, she gets on She gets on top of him, and she fucks Pin. No, 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 no. Or, she no, you're puts right, right. Pin on top of you're right. her. I misspoke. Which yes. is even weirder. Uh... All while Leon's, like, just kind of doing the Macaulay Culkin face in the corner. Just like, oh, shit, yeah. oh, no. Um, so pretty shortly after this uh, is where we have the scene where Lyndon is using Pin to then te- teach Ursula and Leon about sex. Uh, oh, you know what it is? That's right. No, they find, that they find like, the nude magazines or whatever, right? Right. And uh, Ursula's in bed with Leon showing him this stuff. And he's clearly not trying to like talk about it. He's kind of trying to dismiss it, but she's like, "You think he's mom looks like interested this?" Interested, yeah. In the the uh, what do you call it? Like a musical ballerina doll yes. that Pin gave her for her birthday. That's right. And then she's more interested in the nudie magazine. Yes, but she's like, "Yeah, do you think mom looks like this?" And he then slaps Ursula because like he's asking about Pin, oh. and she's like, "Oh, he's just an office dummy." She calls him a dummy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then when they get caught with the porn is where Dr. Linden brings them in to have Pin explain sex and bio- biological changes. He says, Ugh. everybody has a need. If people didn't have a need, then humanity would just stop existing because no babies would be born. So they they refer to it as like when a man has a thirst for water. Yes. Did Pin create the term thirsty? thirsty. <laughs> He had to, because everyone's so thirsty for him, you know? <laughs> I think we, we really cracked something with this I think movie, so. Greg. That, like, culturally, we we found, like, a starting point. This is it. it all, it's, it's, Pin is the, spring, is the spring from which it all flows, <laughs> yes. Uh, also, I was wrong. This is the scene where Ursula turns around and sees uh, Dr. Linden mouthing the words. Um, right. So this is where she learns that Pin is not a separate person that it is her father's voice. And it's like, uh, this is where they start talking about sex and, uh, Ursula's like, I'm sh- I'm sure mom like cleans his penis. with. The... <laughs> yes. Which I, she, I thought she was very funny. She says some product. 
right. was great. But just and, to end out, to finish then, out that sex talk scene, though, that's where, interesting line, Pin slash Dr. Linden says, if a person is normal, they feel the need. Which... Oh, that's true. And we know in our day and age, that's maybe not necessarily true, right? We have asexual people, people who desire, who don't desire sex, who don't feel sexually attracted to anything or anybody. And that can be a normal aspect too of life like yeah. normal you know. is is not a great word for that yes but then so afterwards it seems like a bad time <laughs> it's just very odd because leon's like he has absolutely no care but then ursula's like i can't wait yeah. till i'm thirsty yeah 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 exactly. it's gonna be a lot of fun and you're like, you're seven. This is this is weird. <laughs> uh, but great moment. Just again to end that that sex talk, that sex talk scene. There's so much going on, where he's like, okay, let's start with the human male app, like sexual apparatus, is how he says it. And he's like, Leon, take the towel off. And Leon's not doing it, so he yells at Leon. He's like, Leon. And Ursula's like, I'll do it. And she runs over excitedly, rips the towel off, and it just goes, <laughs> like looking at his dick. <laughs> like it's so funny. She's like, you're right. It is very strange due to her age, but... Greg, are you telling me, like, they don't laugh when you show your penis? Like, that's what always happens Mm. to me. No, I'm more used to just, like, a quiet awe, you know? Like a, oh, sorry. (laughs) We get some... All right, moving on. (laughs) We get another time jump. Uh, yes. Okay, so now they're in high school. Uh, somebody is writing on Leon's locker, calling his sister a tramp, basically, saying, hey, if you need an easy one, hit up Ursula. If you need an easy screw, Ursula Yes, thank you, do. that's it. Yes, thank, that's it. Right. Um, he goes, there's a dance going on in the gym, and this is where we meet Marsha. Um, oh, I didn't look up who played her. Uh, Marsha is Who's played in by... love with Leon. Yes, but he is so dismissive. He's looking for Ursula. Yeah, she's uh, played she's by out Helen in the parking Udy. lot. Udy, Udy, right? So yeah, Marsha's just like Leon. Let's dance, and he's like, I gotta find Ursula. He runs off. Uh, he goes to the parking lot. Big Back to the Future moment, kind of where he rips the door open. Yeah, yanks the guy out that Ursula is currently having sex with in the car, and punches him out. Just like starts beating the shit out of him, being like, "Stay away from my sister." Pretty again. I really like the actor playing Leon. He's kind of traditionally handsome, but he also kind of has fucked up teeth a little bit. You know what I mean? Well, like I, I guess so. He has crazy eyes. He and does. The haircut is very like preppy. Right. And he's always in a suit. He's he's <laughs> yeah. very well dressed. Yeah, um, they're they're very rich. It seems. What I like about Leon is that he's just on the cusp of being normal. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't look psychotic. Like, he has the eyes. But, again, well, and Marsha's into him, like, he is so close to being, like, a quote-unquote normal person, he just has Pin in his head that is, like, fucking him up, you know what I mean? These ideas about Pin have warped him. And so, one of the things that I kept thinking about with this movie is, he's a very, he's very much a Norman Bates Yes, type. Totally. And from the outside, everything seems fine. You upset Norman just a little bit, and that's when it's the cracks you're, they're, are more easily seen. And then even with, like, the ending of the movie, where he's basically catatonic as the person that he was 
you know, half being. Like, there's a lot of psycho references or, like, storyline plots that they, they kind of follow. Yeah. Which and Leon I... very much is a, a sympathetic... It, it's sympathy because it really is a, a nature versus nurture. Much like with Norman. Yeah. Like, there's almost no other way that he could have been because of, A, his mother's genetics, B, the way that his mother is raising him, and, like, flip side, Leon is, is pretty much, there's no other way for him to be after... Yeah. It's more. It's more about his. His mother absolutely has nothing to do with it too. But it's more his father and Pin, right? Than like Norman's yeah. his mother. Yeah, uh, and his but, sister. I think. Ur- know, I think Ursula adds a fire to this. Adds a fire to him. Oh, that, like oh, he does not know how to feel definitely. about. It. Yeah, totally. Um, well, he takes it out in his poetry. Yes, oh, but just that idea to them, the sibling of it. Well, I, I, all right. Look, I. Never mind. Maybe I should. <laughs> when you're children, you don't know about this stuff. And as siblings would talk about things with each other, where you're like, I, we shouldn't be talking about this, right? Like, and thankfully with my siblings, we all kind of like realize there's a line you don't cross when you're talking to each other. But also you want your sibling to be someone you can go to in times of trouble. So it's kind of complicated, you know? So I can see in Leon's eyes or in ursula i mean i mean where she needs to talk about these things she cannot go to her fucking parents because they are insane and will beat the shit out of her for any kind of thought or interest in this stuff you know what i mean well leon does the same like leon does the same if she says that d word yes but who else slapped a shit but who else does she have to talk to you know what i mean so i i kind of understand that having siblings too where it's like there's things I need to talk about. I do feel like I can trust you as a sibling, lifelong companion, right? That I know my entire life. But there are certain things we we could not discuss, you know. And so this this movie's kind of about that line of like, when does a sibling relationship go too far? What you know what I mean? And she does. So we, we this is the scene right now where we talk about this stuff. Where she comes to Leon, she's like, I haven't had my period in three months. And he he gets verbally abusive, starts calling her a tramp and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Well, on their way from the dance, she, yeah. he basically insinuates she's been sleeping with the whole football team. Right. And that he makes her promise to not do it anymore. I wrote down and his line because yeah. it's so harsh. He says, I'll tell you right now, I don't want a sister who's a tramp. If you ever do it again, you you forget you can forget that I'm your brother. Which is so fucking hard. Like, and again, this yeah. this actor playing Leon kills it. Um, so she, we learn she's fifteen and she thinks she's pregnant. Leon says, "Hey, we should go to Pin. Like, he's gonna know what to do." And she's like, at first so confused, crazy. and then I like this moment in terms of her acting because she could make the decision oh, yeah. right here to say, "You can see it on her and you know, on her face," and she's like, "Pin's not real." But then she realizes, "Oh wait." Leon still believes he's real, and I don't want to upset him, so I'm going to change what I'm going to say here, and I'm going to be like, Pin doesn't talk to us without father. Like, you see her make that choice, which I really loved. Yeah. So, he's like, well, Pin's just loyal. That's because Pin's loyal. But this is a real but problem. we have Pin a serious problem. Yeah. He'll help us, because we need him to. Yes. So, they go to Pin, and of course, he starts talking to Pin. At first, no one says anything. And then Pin starts talking, and says like, you should tell the doctor... And she's like, oh, well, now Leon's doing it. So, this is, so she's really seeing 
how deep Leon they do a gr- is. The great in, shot in of like focusing on Leon's lips. So we see like the little bit of movement. Yeah. Yes. Um, um, cut to Ursula getting an abortion from her father. Yeah. And this is the line. This Bizarre. is where I talk more about Terry O'Quinn's past because he's kind of ranting about his kids. And he says, you know, I'm not sure how we well, came to this. he's talking to Penn. He's talking to Penn. He's like, I'm not sure how we came to this. They had a better start than I did on this stuff. And you're like, whoa. What the fuck was your childhood like? That this is yeah. a better start? And that, to me, leans into, like, maybe the origins of Penn. Where it's like, how fucked up was he? And then now he's with Penn, talking to Penn solo, right? Like we mentioned doing this voice i think it's something interesting where he's he kind of like leon he cannot connect with normal he doesn't connect with people in a normal way right which is why he needs pin as a conduit he can't talk to children right unless it's with pin he can't talk to his own children about things like sex unless it's through the vehicle of pin and it goes to show it kind of reveals a weird psychological layer to him where he is yeah. so disconnected from his kids that he has to rely on Pin to talk to them. Um, and you see what kind of effect that has on Leon's brain. I just think it's a really interesting character detail. And that line reveals so much to me. I, I really like this script. I think the script is pretty excellent. I think it's good. I think this is a, a moment where the directing is kind of... Um, it's kind of so-so at times, yeah. It, it's, a, it's a little, yeah, it's a little lacking. I think what would have been really kind of impactful is that, I mean, they're doing the abortion in the room where Pin is sitting. Right. And, like, there needed to be some sort of, like, as he starts it, Ursula, like, looks over and sees Pin staring at her, and then so she, like looks the other way yes. as it's happening like we needed to have pin feel more like a presence in the room as that's happening yeah um would have i think that would have been a, a lot more impactful than just what it is but it, it's like you said it is a really good script and i think it it does it very well this is just something like a little flourish yeah would have been more I, helpful I, I totally agree absolutely um uh, the Give most upsetting Ursula part of the scene. more of a reason to be like disturbed or off put by Pint. Like she yeah. then is connecting it to this like traumatic thing in her life. The most upsetting part of the scene, though, is Doctor Linden being like, "Hey, Leon, are you frightened? You gonna stay and watch?" Oh, okay. <laughs> he's yeah. like. Uh, I don't think I want to. And he's like, could be very educational to see me give your sister an abortion. Like, what the fuck are you thinking? Like, what is going on there with that with Dr. Linden? Is it just like a punishment thing for Leon? Is him like, hey, this is somehow your fault, too, for not taking care of her? Like, sit here and look at the consequences? Or in Maybe. his mind, is he just, again, so disconnected that he's like, well, it's just educational and you should see it. You know what I mean? And he just is not considering how Leon feels about any of this, or, like, Leon's sensibilities at all. You know? Does he just not have a grasp on humans? <laughs> like, and, yeah. like, what is going well, on there? to a point what he even... Well, I don't know. It It's difficult, because he understands that we should keep this from the mother. Right. He has some sort of, like idea about humans and their interactions i guess maybe it it is right like he doesn't know how to communicate or relate or like connect besides using uh, a proxy 
Yes. So, uh, <laughs> we have a little montage after this of just, like, Leon, like, talking to Pin alone. He's reading to him from his mathematics book. You know, he uh, is kind of getting, he's developing that relationship of him being the voice of Pin. Um, and this is, like, the mathematics book was the thing that got me with, with the father as well. Like, this is how he learned. Yeah. Like, medical or whatever. It's, like, it's it's easier for me to, like, teach it to myself, basically. Yes. Yeah, that's too. Oh, that's interesting. That's a really good way to put it. Yeah. Um. So this is where we have Lyndon <laughs> in the car <laughs> yelling at his wife and, like, we have to go back. I forgot the papers. How am I supposed to do the report? I can't give my speech papers. without my notes. Yeah, uh, so he's he's going to uh, the office. He's speeding like a maniac. He comes in and he sees uh, Leon talking to Pin about college because Leon was just forbid from going to the local college, right? Because Dr. Lin's like, I want you to he get out of here. He to get out of town. Yes, but he's yeah. like, but this is what I want to do. And he's like, no, 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 I'm not having it, putting my foot down. So Leon's talking to Pin about this and, and like Pin is telling him about college. And like, you need to have room to flourish, Leon, basically. Kind of like, again, like you mentioned, like teaching myself, it is like Leon's convincing himself that he does have to go to the school via pin, right? Because right. in his mind, it's a separate person saying or agreeing with him. Um, so and I I love O'Quinn's reaction when yeah. he sees what's happening. It really is one of the, um, like the true horrors of life. And I'm assuming yeah. being a father of like, Oh shit, I'm so fucked up, I passed my fucked upness onto my offspring. Yeah. And it is a glaring mirror of like the insanity of it. When he has to like reckon with like, this must be how I look to other like quote unquote normal people yeah. from the outside. Totally, man. Uh, oh yeah. And this movie gets into that again later, which just up from the sibling aspect of being a sibling and realizing, oh, my sibling is in trouble. You know what I mean? Like, there's something wrong. Right. And, um, just like, how do how, I fix it? How do I fix it? Do I, what can I do? And or can also, I just ignore it? But also, we came from the same place. And it's like, if they're yeah. like this, what does that also say about me? You know, fascinating stuff. Uh, it's stuff I can't go into in terms of how I relate to it because <laughs> it's just not, probably mm. not appropriate for a podcast. But, uh, it, it's not therapy. You know what I mean? Um, so, uh, we then, yeah, he yells at, at Leon. He's like, you know, go out the back way. I can't, I don't want your mother to see you leaving here. So Leon's ashamed. Well, it, it's another, like, great performance. He's like, you know, go home. But then he has the realization, like, your mother's in the car. I yeah. don't want her to see you. Yes. So Leon goes outside. He sees his mother in the car. He then witnesses his father dragging Pin out. This This is heartbreaking. I legit felt for Leon at this point. Because his father is saying, like, I'm taking him with me. I'm going to use him as part of the lectures, demonstration, and that I am donating him. Maybe he'll be a useful teaching tool for somebody else. And Leon's reaction, he's crying as if he's losing a family member. Like, the way he's breaking down over it is so tragic. Love this scene in the car. This is spectacular. Yeah. O'Quinn is yelling like a madman. He's speeding like crazy. His wife is like, well, I just like, I'd rather get there late than dead. As I think is something she says, or something like that. Um, he takes he, a curb too fast. He threw a and sheet over the pin. Dummy. Yeah. Sits up. Very he, creepy. The the 
I love that the sheet slowly slides off Pin. Mm-hmm. He sees Pin in the rearview mirror looking at him. He and gets cannot. He gets upset. Cannot not look away. It's yep. great. So he's got to change the mirror as he's fucking with the mirror. Drives into <laughs> a roadblock. Flips the car over and kills himself. That is what it's like. It really is like Dukes of Hazard level. <laughs> like woo! Oh, it's so good. The only survivor is Pin, of course. Um, <laughs> so now Leon takes custody. of The Pin. only survivor. Yes, uh, I love this scene. Right after they come back from the funeral, and they're in the house for the first time alone, and just oh, this so idea good. of like, oh. We have this newfound freedom. They rip the plastic off the furniture that the mother put on there. They're well, eating first junk they're food. talking about yeah. like uh what would mother be doing in heaven? I'm sure she's I, vacuuming heaven right now. And then Ursula's yeah. like, she's probably telling God to take his shoes off. <laughs> yeah, they, they rip all the plastic off. Then they're yeah. eating pizza and, and Leon's like, We can eat, you know, burgers and ribs, like we never have to cook again. Yes, but I, I like this, because then they realize, too, and she's like, well, can we clean up before we go to bed? And he says, yes. Right. Because they realize, she's like, well, still, yeah. It's still ingrained in them to, like, to have that OCD-ness, or, like, at least not upset their mother. Yeah. And that it's habit, almost. It's kind of interesting, too, because it's like, they, they are just playing off, like, this idea of, well, our parents are gone now, what are the freedoms we could have? And just even that line is kind of interesting. I, I don't want to be this guy. I almost picked this movie. <laughs> uh, our our wonderful other other co-hosts, uh, Kill, she <laughs> she pushed really hard once for a certain theme that we came close to doing, uh, but then didn't do. But this was almost my pick for that, um, for obvious reasons. But that even just that line of like, can we clean it before we go to bed? I, I don't know if this is just me. But I was like, oh, that's the other freedom they have now if they wanted to, because their parents are gone. Right? And now it's just them in this household together. Something about, yeah. like, we can turn this household into what we want. They're, in a sense, playing house together. You know what I mean? I don't know if I'm reading too much into it, whatever. But uh, I just thought this that was interesting, because there is that... there. Is, I mean, that tension is between them the entire movie, you know? At least between Leon right. and her. Like, Leon thinks it's there or something. I don't know. Uh, so, uh, we then learn that Ursula, she goes to the library. Um, oh, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. After that, Ursula finds Leon talking to Pin in the house. They have a little bit of a, of a scuffle, and he's like, Pin is family. He's staying here. Uh, Aunt Dorothy. And she said, like, father didn't want him in the house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then Leon's like, do you know how disrespectful that was to Pin? Think yeah. about it. <laughs> So this is where we learned that Aunt, their Aunt Dorothy is coming to live with them. Um, and Leon's like, what about your life in the city? And she's like, oh, it's not more important taking care of you guys. Like, you know, Ursula's still a developing adult. Like, I got to be there. So their aunt comes in, and of course she's like, well, we'll put the plastic back on. This is very expensive furniture. And so Leon's like, well, fuck this. Like, we're not having another somebody else coming in here. We, ha- we like this freedom we have. Me, Pin, and uh, Ursula. He says something like, People don't want to be where they're not welcomed. Yes. She'll get the vibes. Yeah, exactly. He's like, I'll take care of you, Ursula, and kisses her on the forehead. Very scary. Ursula is then is researching schizophrenia at the library, and uh, she notices a help wanted sign. Um, so Pitt is in a chair in the attic, looking all spooky. He's looking out the window, because I think Leon's like, well, he wants to look outside, right? Like, he's got a, he wants a view. 
Um, Leon is a little bit of a freak out about the library job at dinner. There's a lot of emphasis on cooking dinner in this at a certain point. Like, yeah. there's so much about it. Like, I, I don't well, know it's... if that means anything or it's just like they just wanted to give them another quirk or something. I don't know. Because that seems to be, like, what he fills his time with. Yeah. Uh, but it, like, insinuates that they are so rich that they'll never need to work again. And then later on you find out, like, she's worth $700,000. I mean, yeah. Which is, like, a good amount in 1988. I would not necessarily say you'll never need to work again in your entire life. If you invest <laughs> well, maybe, sure. But yeah. it really was, it's like, why would you want to work? Like, ugh, gross. I don't know. I mean, we, we learned what Leon's aspirations are. So, you know, he wants Lofty. to be a writer. Yeah. Um, so, uh, <laughs> this is where, uh, yeah, they're having dinner with Dorothy and, you know, they're kind of talking about cooking and all that shit. Uh, he gives Ursula chocolate milk to make up for yelling at her. Is it insinuating he drugs her so that he doesn't... Oh, yeah. That's, that, that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Um, so that she doesn't well, because he, know what he's he going to do. A, there's a chocolate milk and a regular milk. Yes. And he's like, no, and no, 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 chocolate milk for you. the regular. Yeah. And he's like, no, no, no. Uh, but I like that they don't explicitly show you him drugging that. I just like that it's left implication. Um, Another Dahmer reference. Yeah. Before Dahmer true. was Dahmer. Even a Twin Peaks reference before Twin Peaks. You know? Drug the milk. So, this is where... Great scene. Love this. Uh, Aunt Dorothy wakes up in the middle of the night. <laughs> she hears a voice in her bed. Uh, which is real fucking spooky. She flips around... To see Pin laying in her bed. She starts screaming. She gets up. Pin is being, of course, puppeted by Leon. Uh, I like this. He kills her without actually doing anything, right? He just put Pin mm. in the bed and like made him stand up. She dies of a heart attack. She on has her. a heart attack. Uh, she had a bad ticker. That's what the doc- that's exactly what the policeman says the next day. Well, of course, I love that. Bad ticker. Um, the awesome moment because Pin is watching her body being taken away from the attic window. And then I like that, like, Ursula sees that, and then Pin, like, moves out of the out of the window, so, like, Leon pulls him away. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that. That's great. Um, Pin now wears a suit, just like Leon, as he starts dressing him in his father's clothes. It uh, is it is very funny, Ursula's reaction to it. Like, he, like, she comes home and he's like, go look, you know, come here, come here, I want to show you. And then, uh, he doesn't, like, she's in shock, and then he's, he's like, I think you look very nice, Pin. Like he's like trying to insinuate that's, of that's what the she scene should where, be saying. Because there's, there's there's a moment where you see him wearing the suit, and then like I think it's the next scene is where Pin gets oh, skin. That's right. That's right. <laughs> he gets skin and hair. Which that's holy shit! Yeah. If you thought Pin was creepy before, this fucking so look weird. is so scary. The skin is like sagging off of him in a in a way, and of course you got the dead eyes and like the hair that looks like Leon's vaguely like is yeah. quite an image. Uh, major kudos to them for that design, because it really gets under your skin. Um, Pin is now eats at the dinner table with them. Ursula does not like this. She's freaking out about it. Leon demands that she apologize to him, and he says that if she can't accept Pin, she's not allowed to live there. Um, so this is where we meet Stan Fraker at the library. He's very into Ursula. Uh, her and Leon talk again about having the need. And Leon's like, uh, okay, yeah, okay, you got the need, sure. Uh, <laughs> you know, he just doesn't know what to think of this. So, <laughs> um, this is where, uh, Leon comes, uh, Leon meets Stan, they're just out and about, 
and he's kind of like you know uncomfortable with it uh really weird scene they go to dinner and like stan is telling football stories and they're talking about food and they're like oh you know oh we don't have time to finish this we have the movie in five minutes and then he's like eating popcorn with chopsticks in the in the no no no, theater. no. so so what it is he's like oh uh we got like five minutes basically and then it cuts to them and he's got the little to-go tainer container of the chinese food. okay is and it, so it, he but it starts eating but it's in the popcorn bucket so you could you see him sticking it's not in a popcorn it's in I a like, to-go container okay. it, but it's like a bucketish container uh i do really like that she does not use the chopsticks that she's using yeah. a fork and then when we cut to them in the, the theater he hands her a fork as well <laughs> yeah i just like the image um, of like, using like, chopsticks in a movie theater when we laugh yeah he's using chopsticks and then she's looking at him like he is fucking fabio or something like he is I... so charming and attractive and like it's someone being nice to her maybe yeah. that's all it takes sometimes i do think is stan to not is be I, a gigantic asshole yeah i think janet i think stan is genuinely just like a nice character you know what i mean like and there's a weird level of understanding he has when he meets leon where he obviously is concerned but the way he right. plays it off is like well that's ursula's brother he's got his own thing yeah. i'm gonna trust her that he's okay i really like that attitude about stan you know what i mean he's absolutely concerned but he's like i'm gonna roll with it for now like I think that's I think that's just nice. It's a Canadian niceness in this movie <laughs> coming through <laughs> via Stan. The like politeness. He's the, yes. Yes. He's the yeah. one. He's the one. Uh, what actually fits the Canadian stereotype? Yeah. Whoo. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna speed up. There's just so much to talk about in every scene. Yeah. Uh. There's there's a lot to break down. Um. Man, you just love a good psychological horror movie like this because you can get into weeds. Just like analyzing every little moment and every character decision and stuff like that. Uh, so Leon's like kind of pacing, talking to Pin. I like this because this is where him and Pin start having disagreements, which is really interesting. Um, but he's basically saying, "I have the need. I have to do something. I gotta. I gotta. I gotta figure this out." And Pin is like, "You know, no, Leon. It's you know." <laughs> I wish I could do Pin's it's... voice. It's more like a jealousy. Yeah. Um, and it is it is almost Leon is trying to convince himself that he has the need. Yes. Um, which I think he does. He does. He just doesn't really know how to, what to do as a human. You know what I mean? He just knows the basic facts that he learned from, from Pin as a child of like, I have the need. I need to have sex. He's not actually able to comprehend that, you know, yeah. of like what that's going to entail. He doesn't have the actual desire for it. He, he doesn't have like the attraction in him. You know what I mean? Uh, because I, we find out he's attracted to Ursula and Pin, and that's kind of it. Um, but uh, so he calls Marsha. She's all in on this. They go to see Scanners, which is a nice. cool cool movie. Hey, Canadian horror directors repping each other. Love to see it. Um, yeah. Good movie, too. Of course, the nice trivia that this actor, uh, what is his name, David uh, Hewlett? Hewlett? Yes, he's in Scanners, too, which is, which is cool. Um, uh, I do love just the shot of, he's got his, like, both arms kind of, behind the chairs and then Marsha is just fucking yeah like, licking his neck kiss, kissing his all ear all that him. kind of stuff and he's just like yeah movie whatever 
You know what? You know what must have happened? It Maybe he was being bullied at school or something when they were in high school. Maybe he got pantsed and she saw what he was working with and he, she was just like, well, I got to have some of that. <laughs> you, you know, you yeah. know, maybe like it, a nurse and pin situation. I don't know. I mean, again, I don't see it as much, but like he, he has a classical Americana type yeah. of attraction, right? He's rich. So that's, that doesn't hurt. Totally. That's true. That That is true. He's very rich. Uh, great point. Um, maybe she also, maybe she went into the office as a kid and saw Pin. It's like, well, this guy knows Pin. I'm going to get close to him because if he can interest me to Pin, then, you know. I, I love the scene where they are going to get to it and he is so, like, aggressive that she's like, you're yeah. going to rip my shirt. Just, like, back the fuck off for a second. Yes. Let me do it. Uh, this is where we have the nudity. And this, like I said, I think this scene, I think it works. I think it really works because this is like the almost like the ultimatum that that Leon has to face, right? Where it's like, well, here's this presented in front of you. Normal, normal, healthy. Every word I feel I, I use maybe is... Uh, judgmental. <laughs> yes, it's judgmental in some way. But it's like human sexuality, right? It's being presented to him on a platter. Of like you can have this, and he actively chooses to not go through with it. You, you know? see, you know what I might have enjoyed more if we did more of like a reference to the graduate, where like <laughs> she spreads her legs, and yeah. then you see him through like the crook of the legs, and instead of you know giving a cool line like Dustin Hoffman, he like recoils in horror, yeah, at the sight of a vagina. But but <laughs> but I, I really like his performance in this because it's like you, you could tell that he doesn't want this but right. he he knows that societally it's what he's supposed to do right biologically it's what he's, he's supposed using to do the excuse that pen could walk in at any moment he says he's done it before and he says yeah. i just don't like knowing he's in the house so of yeah. course marsh is very upset by this he goes to check on pin um marsh is trying to leave oh at the same time i think it's the same time that Stan and Ursula are banging in her room, and she gifts them with a watch that beeps no, on the hour. It's his. It's his room. Oh, it's his room. Okay. Yes. Well, she gives yes. him the and yeah. We, he's right because they're not at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We we get Chekhov's Casio watch. Yes. <laughs> it beeps on the hour. Yeah. So, yep. <laughs> um, Marsha is like trying to leave. She's looking for a jacket. the The house is completely pitch black. She can't. She finds it. She puts it on. Pin starts coming in in the room in a fucking motorized wheelchair, laughing at her. Just like, ha 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 ha. Just like, <laughs> again, very creepy stuff. Uh, um, we set this up earlier as well that uh, Leon is good with like remote control oh, cars. Oh, yeah. That's and was, right. Like, even building one. Yeah. Yeah. Smart guy. I mean, you know, it makes it more tragic, too, uh, this whole thing. So, uh, she no, you were right on. On the, the, the head of the nail with this. It is a tragedy more than yeah, anything else. Totally. I, I, we talked about Halloween Ends. Halloween Ends also a tragedy for a very similar reason. Another case of a frustrated young man, you know what I mean, latching on to the wrong quote-unquote father figure, you know what I mean, um, and acting uh, out. Penn has... Penn has just as much personality as Michael Myers. You are right there. <laughs> Honestly, a no, blank Pitt, slate. Pitt is way more dynamic than Michael. I'll, I'll, I will say that for sure. Uh, 
Pin at least can like pull a nurse, you know. Pin is Cary Grant next to Michael's. Michael, like, you know, Michael Myers is a virgin. That, yeah, as far as we know, maybe. I mean, who knows what he got up to in that mental institution? That's true. There could have been uh, a nurse. There could have been a nurse in there. I don't know. I, no, I don't want to go. You know, maybe room. in the the zombie version. Yeah, Danny that's Trejo. more. That's more of a zombie thing. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Is that what he is that what he means? But I was good to you. Oh no, I was good to you. I gave you I gave you all those hand jobs back no. in the day. Remember? Remember? I let you give me all those hand jobs. No, god damn it! All right, all right, all right. Uh, we strayed far off the path. Uh, so uh, yeah, Ursula comes in the last minute and and helps Marcia uh, escape. Thankfully, Marcia doesn't like, get killed by Pin early on. The next day, Leon's like, oh, hey, I'm sorry. Uh, invite Stain over for a dinner as an apology because I was rude to him and I should be supporting you. Let's just forget that whole thing where I assaulted this girl that <laughs> wanted to bang me. Let's just not worry about that. Um, so Ursula's like, Stan's not ready to see Pin. Leon's like, well, he's going to be him sooner or later, so might as well bring him now. <laughs> so menacing when he does it because she's like, let's go out for yeah. dinner. He's like, what, you don't like my cooking? Yes. Um, and eventually, yeah, Stan comes over, and it's so great that automatically Stan's like, reaction oh, to high Pin. niceties. Yeah. And that Leon says, hey, the rice, go check the rice while I introduce Stan to Pin. Yeah. Like, automatically, like, putting it out there, we're we're doing this now. And then, yeah, we get the introductions. Amazing, very... amazing reaction from Stan. Right. The look on his face was like, uh, 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 like, just not understanding he was warned. He says that Ursula right. told him, but he was not okay. expecting the skin and the face. So yeah. we get into the name. Yes, which I like. Which liked was a something lot. I kept wondering about. Like, what? Pin? That's a really weird name, right? Like, what? where did it come from? So, so yeah. we find out. This is what Stan Pinocchio. says. Pinocchio. Like, yeah. Pin was named by Ursula when she was five, and she named him after Pinocchio. Yes. Which adds another but layer to this I really love. Yeah. He never lied, so his nose never grew. But I think something else may have grown, you know? Mm. Mm-hmm. But I like this, because you're, you're bringing in the idea, obviously the Pinocchio thing, he wants to be a real boy. You can apply that, to, sta- you can apply that to, to Leon, right? Leon wants to be a real boy. But also, if Pin wants to be a real boy, and he's maybe using Leon's body to do it, there's nothing supernatural about this movie. Like it really does, I think, in a good way. In a way, I, I like it. Skews a supernatural reading of it. But right. if you if you if you do want to go that direction, that's where things end up, right? Pin takes over Leon's body. Pin becomes yeah. a real boy because he becomes Leon, uh, which I, it, I I like that a lot. I think that's that's pretty fascinating. Yeah, it, I mean, it comes down to like the real horrors in the wor- world are humans man kind right. like we're 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 destructive we're the ones that create the idea of a supernatural so that we can understand the actual real you know horrors and the darkness of this world like we yeah. have we have to give it some sort of non-human face because that's the only way we're going to you know, not be so upset or just like downtrodden. We, we by need how... Michael Myers in a mask. Yes. Yeah. Uh huh. And it's a human mask, but uh, also a very non-human look. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so 
uh, then talks about wanting to be a writer, specifically a poet. And this is where he's like, uh, can I read you guys some poetry? And Ursula's like, yeah, that's really good. Let's all hear it. it, it ridiculous scene. Because Leon's like, he's like, well, this is going to be kind of like, it's like an epic poem. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, you know, uh, the Odyssey or the Iliad, Beowulf. right? Is that what he said? Beowulf. He says like Beowulf. Yeah, yeah. Beowulf. He's like, it's in the model of Beowulf. Uh, my hero is named Testes. And he's trying to gain immortality by having as many children as possible. At this point in the story... He just had he's... his 173rd child. Yeah, at this point he has fathered 173 children. And this is where he's contemplating his first rape. He starts reading his whole thing. I think it's not like... Actually, I think it's kind of interesting. an interesting poem. It's actually well written. Um, but he gets to the point of like, yeah, he's going to rape this girl. She turns around and it's his own sister. And, of course, everyone in the room is like, um, well, uh, okay. So this, and then Leon's upstairs. He's talking to Pin. And Pin's like, he's like, you know, oh, it's my first, you know, I really like Stan. It's like, I read him my, my poetry and he genuinely really liked it. And Pin's like, you know, this is good, Leon. This is a good sign. Uh, <laughs> I love Pin's voice so much. Jonathan Banks, man, I know, that, I know there's a lot of vocal effects on him, but it's still it's great It's so stuff. well done. Yeah. It's so creepy. Uh, so he comes downstairs, he hears Stan and uh, and Ursula talking about him, and Stan's of course like, he needs psychiatric help, like he's talking about raping his own sister, and she's like, well, it's just a poem, you know, like, I know what's wrong with him, I've read every book about schizophrenia in the library, but he's my brother and I love him, and I want to take care of him, he's not dangerous, you know. More tragedy. Again, but this is weird for her to say after she saw him assaulting Marsha with pin in a motorized wheelchair yeah um but i still think in she terms should of being, know better in terms of being about siblings you 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 forgive them because you feel deep down that you know who they are and that he's not that type of person right that's what she says so i get it in terms of just like wishful thinking you're a little delusional you don't want to admit that they have this problem or are dangerous uh so i i i like it for that reason um Stan, for his for his to his credit, it's just like, well, she says this okay when when Leon calls him the next day and is like, hey, come over and let's talk about a surprise party for Ursula. Stan's like, uh, no, I don't. It's, it's not like I, I have something else going on, uh, football practice or anything like that. It's like, yeah, okay, uh, kind of is is now okay? And he's like, yeah. And also, they say three more times, great dinner, Leon. Like that is there constantly. <laughs> that line is the most said line in the movie. Um. So he goes over to the house, and he gives him a drink. Of course, it's drugged. He starts passing out. I really like this, because this is not something you see a lot in movies. And, like, somebody getting drugged and fighting it to this degree. You know? Yeah. And it's uh, it's funny that when it's happening, this is when Leon's like, she's worth $700,000. Yes. Um, so he's You're like, obviously oh, in it for the money. just for the money, right? Right. Um, but I like it. He's monologuing. He's feeling so confident, and then he's singing. It's not working, and it's like we talked about with um, Norman Bates, right? Where something's going wrong, and he's falling to pieces because uh, he doesn't know what to do. But of course, the voice of Pin is like, you know, hit him, get him, like get him, Leon. And so he do it bashes. Now. He bashes his head with the horse statue that's laying around. And of course, Stan loses his watch under the couch, and we can make sure that they they focus on that for a second. Um, so then Pin's like, you know, you know what to do. Did you not learn anything from your mother? Like, gotta clean up the blood. How to clean the body yeah. out to the river. Uh, great stuff. Love it. 
of course, Ursula calls and is like, hey, I'm coming home early. Oh, really what, weird I moment. Love, the, her library. I love that scene. I yeah. love that scene that, like, she's humming, and then the main librarian's like, shh. She's like, oh, I didn't realize. I thought I was doing it in my head. And she seems like she's going to be chiding her. It's like, ugh, I can tell when a woman or girl's in love. Take the rest of the afternoon off. Yeah, she is a real bitch. Because she's like, oh, I thought that was in my head. And she's like, well, there's not much else going on in there. And I'm like, whoa, like, what the fuck? And she's like, why don't you take the day off or whatever? Like, after being like, it's just love. She's being but, nice like, in, sweet. like, the most it's backhanded way. Right. You know? But she straight up calls her dumb. Like, <laughs> It's not it's that she's saying dumb. Scene. She's like, it's that she's so infatuated that there yeah. is nothing else going on. That she, that... He the way is the sun it, and the moon, the stars. She's it is, it is, you know, that it kind is of. just that weird quirk to that scene, though, that makes this movie so it, good to watch because, like, it's very nothing, chiding. Nothing yeah. just happens normally in this movie. There's a nice quirk to like every scene. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. there's something strange going on. Like this librarian, it could just be a hey, you know, it's not very busy today. Why don't you take the day off? But no, we have to have this scene where she like gives her this backhanded thing i don't know i i really like that well um it's so to yeah, show us could... that like how how head over heels she is for yes. stan but then just giving flavor to the librarian character like it's such a minor role but they give her something which i really like um so yeah she calls leon she's like hey i'm gonna come home early and he's like no 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 i'm writing poetry i i, I can't do anything and she's like i can't find stan and he's like oh well you know uh, he told me go shopping. something about somebody being sick, right? Is what he says. And then, yeah, go yeah. shopping. She's like, well, I don't know. So he's talking to Pin, and Pin's like, you know, well, you know, why don't you just hide the body in the woodpile, then come back and clean up the blood? So he does that. He puts him in the woodpile. And, uh, you know, she comes home. He's being all awkward. He's like, oh, Stan said he, there was a sick relative. Maybe he called the library after you left, you know. Um, and she's just, like, not sure about this. She goes into the room where the where the attack happened, and she hears the beep that Chekhov's well, She finds watch. a big wet spot. Yes, yeah, that too. And yeah. then the beep. She realizes something's gone horribly wrong. Yes. Um, so this is all happening. They get into a, a screaming match. Leon, in a panic, runs to talk to Pin, right? He's like, what do we do about this? Um, she comes running into the room with a fucking axe. Swings at it, we go into slow-mo as, as Leon screams no. Um, a little bit of a time jump to the police showing up. They, they find out that Stan is still alive. Maybe a little bit of a cop. I kind of appreciate it because I like Stan enough. You know what I mean? Um, it's it's fine. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't mind too much. Like I think I feel like some people might be upset that you know Leon doesn't actually commit any murders in this. Um but it's also not that type of movie. It's a it's little more debatable with the yeah. ant. Right, right. Yes, that's true. That that is really the only like so the parents die, but that is straight accidental. That's completely true. Like, yeah, it pin? pin causes or it pin? him. Yeah. Yeah. Um and then Stan lives, so like but I, I don't know, I like it because this this is not going to this is not a slasher, you know what I mean? It's not trying to be. So right. like I don't mind too much. Um, but then we get another time jump. Another time jump. It's the same time frame as when the boys approach the house, we can assume. 
and Stan and Ursula are planning to go to Cape Cod, I think they said, right? Or the Yeah, I think Cape Cod. They drive up in a convertible, so yes. she's comfortable spending her money now. Yep, yep. Uh, she comes in, she's telling Pin. She says, hey, Pin, we're going to vacation. Stan's great. Love Stan. He's doing awesome. Hope you're doing okay, kind of stuff. And then Pin is talking back in normal Pin voice. He's facing the window. We can't see him. And he says, have you heard from Leon? And she's like, uh, no, I haven't. And he's like, I miss Leon. And she's like, I miss him too. And she's crying. And I'm gonna, I'm tearing up thinking about this. And we it see cuts, a single tear. It cuts back to the, to, we see who it is. It is Leon dressed as Pin, wearing the hair. With a super pale face. He's crying. And they're like, yeah, we both miss Leon. And then the movie just ends. It is so heartbreaking. Yeah. It's so, and, oh uh, my god. I, I so love this like movie. So much like Psycho. Talking yeah. about it more, I'm just like, I was high on it while re-watching it. I was like, yeah, this is actually even better than I remembered. And then talking it through, I'm like, there's a lot to dig into with each of the characters. It's got some quirkiness to it that is just really makes it entertaining to watch. I don't think it's ever boring. You know what I mean? There's something strange going on throughout most of you it. Know, like there are some, like more dull times like kind of like right after the middle maybe yeah but it's always it's always fascinating because i mean we know pin is something that's going to be coming up and that it is yeah so disturbing when it yeah. does happen it's it's not as schlocky as someone might expect from the premise of like a boy gets sexually obsessed with the anatomically correct doll and starts becoming like violent um it's got some weird psychological bent to it, but it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't ever feel pretentious, you know? Right. Um, I I really like this movie. We'll we'll go into final thoughts. What else can we rate it out of except for uh, pin dicks? Right. I, we know he's got a check. He's got a donger. Chekhov's Casio watch. Yeah, but I don't know. Pin's dick. I think that's the thing everyone's thinking about. You know. All right then. <laughs> Speak for yourself, Greg. I, I, I'm going to say we've read out appendix. <laughs> All right. I wish Kill had seen this movie. I, I, I'm going to tell her, like, hey, this is one you should check. I'm curious what you might think <laughs> Definitely. of this. I think it's something that she might find interesting. Um, it's I, I always had a tough time reading what she was going to enjoy, like, when she was going to enjoy a movie or not, which made it fun. Five stars. No notes. notes. <laughs> um, let's get into final thoughts, though, because uh, we've been talking for a while. Uh, I think Pin is a really good movie. I think that we nailed it when we both said that it needs some more directorial flair to it. It's direct-to-video-ness or it's like Canadian television aesthetic. Uh, it's a little cheap-looking and the music sometimes gets in the way of like just making this feel a little bit more corny than it should. Um, but I think all the performances mm. are really dialed into these characters and... Um, like I said, I just think every scene has something weird going on. Just the strangest of pin permeates every scene that he's in. And I really love the voice that Jonathan Banks puts on. Uh, and I think that David Hewlett as Leon is really good at playing this like tragic male figure that we see in so many movies. Like a Travis Bickle. He's not on that level, but he's that type of character a little bit, right? Um, 
or like Corey Cunningham in uh, Halloween Ends. I think that it's just like a good version of one of those scenes of, of somebody who wants to connect with humanity, but is unable to for whatever reason, because of his upbringing, because of his past experiences, because of societal pressures. It all comes together to make a rather more warped mind that under better circumstances could have a normal life. Um, I like these types of stories a lot, and I think Pin adds a nice, weird, strange flavor to it. Um, and so I'm going to say this is an even four Pin dicks for me. Wow. Uh, I think it's really solid, and I really enjoyed revisiting it. Uh, and then as a sibling movie, I think that uh, Ursula and Leon make for great siblings who clearly care for each other. They're put into a very strange predicament just from where they're born, you know what I mean, with this fucked up parents and then they have this odd lifestyle where they're living together and they're trying to make the best for each other and they genuinely want to take care of each other but ursula has no idea how to deal with a schizophrenic person and is scared to admit that there's a problem with her brother so i i really yes. like it from both ends um uh yeah four pin dicks i'm gonna isolate that i really like it from both ends uh <laughs> four pin dicks <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i i agree with a lot of what you're saying i i think it's a very moody movie i think it's effective in the creepiness that it is like setting up for um all of the pin scenes are very disturbing with just like cutting to this inanimate object that has a voice coming from it and like you are continuously like off put when it's happening even when we keep cutting to Terry O'Quinn or Leon, like, doing a little bit of mouth movement, like, it's so subtle most of the time. And it is really, it is really scary when uh, Leon and Ursula, uh, when Leon does it for the first time, like, you see that, like, that horror in Ursula of, like, oh my god, he's doing it now. He doesn't even realize what he's doing got into it a lot but it it really is a nature versus nurture and either way like they're fucked like yeah. those genetics are not good from what we've seen of just the the ocd-ness and just the psychotic you know schizophrenia of terry o'quinn but then just the way that they are being raised and uh you know the mother's ocd affecting them also just Having sex explained to you from an inanimate medical dummy yes. has to do something. Who's then has like, look at do. my dick. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> so bizarre. <laughs> this movie is very good at being unsettling. I think throughout, uh, I I really enjoyed it. There were quite a few times I did enjoy the score. I thought it it, it does add to the cheapness of it that is the direct to video but i thought it it fit a lot of the scenes and added to you know a creepiness to it i you know gave it a score on my letterbox i'm with you as well i'm increasing it i think i'm gonna go 3.6 nice. appendix um, <laughs> not taking it from both ends though but it, it is a really good sibling movie and that it is that it is these two characters with differing viewpoints on life. That yeah. Even though they're coming from the same spot, they have the same genetics, 
to a degree, you know, male, female, but they, you know, have the same nurturing upbringing uh, and to see the distinction between them. I think it's, it's a really good idea about uh, mental health because that's what it really comes down to of like, it, you know, like I said, the horrors are actual people, not the supernatural that we create. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Yeah, really well said. That's a great breakdown. Uh, hey, I'm so glad you enjoyed though. this. I, I really this enjoyed is, it, yeah. Yeah, this is one that I, I, again, I watched this years ago just based off a list, and I really liked it, and I, I've never met anybody else who's seen it. I did uh, find another podcast never that covered it. it. I found another podcast that covered this. it years ago, um, and it made sense that this podcast covered it because all the hosts were Canadian. Uh, it's called the Witch Fingers Podcast. Um, hosted by, I think all three of them write for Rue Morgue magazine, but it could be wrong. Okay. But they're Canadian writers and, uh, and horror fans and they talked about Pin and they really enjoyed it. So like, um, I think it's more of a Canadian classic, uh, but not really well known in the States. Sure. It's kind of a, it's kind sure. of a deep cut Canadian classic. I mean, Pin is very polite, so it makes yeah. sense. <laughs> Uh, well that was pin uh we didn't do this we always keep forgetting is there any non-horror thing that you've been enjoying recently that you would like to shout out again it's hard to say because it's october and so all i've been consuming um has been horror related to some degree uh i've been listening to a lot of roy orbison actually I guess we're talking about non-horror stuff. I've been taking in. Do uh, 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 is any traveling Wilburys in that? I haven't made it to that yet. I'm kind of just going through his catalog, okay. but I'm going to incorporate that soon. Yeah, uh, I I'm a big big traveling Wilburys fan. So let me know. I, I sure. love those guys. Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, but I guess I, I, I'm going to recommend other horror stuff. I mean, like I've been watching. Um, Speaking of Psycho, I watched Pin at the right time because I watched Psycho Friday morning, watched Pin yesterday, right after I watched Pin, I watched Psycho 2. And so I'm all in on that. Um, those Psycho movies, uh, I've only seen the first two, but I like both of them a lot. Second one, to me, was way better than I expected. Um, don't want to say too much because in case it ever comes up on the podcast, yeah. but... Uh, and Red Letter Media, they did a good review on like all the Psycho yeah movies, so you can check I'm that gonna, out i, I am gonna be excited to check that out once i have watched them all uh gonna be watching psycho 3 yeah you know doing a lot of the horror stuff uh i guess the only non-real horror thing that i've been doing is i there was some reddit thread that was hey what's a 10 out of 10 game for you and i was looking down the list and someone mentioned titanfall 2 Ooh. and i never played that when it came out so i was like oh it's on the xbox microsoft game pass whatever i pay for it i might as well use it uh, it's been pretty fun so far it's just a first person shooter and then you can get into a giant robot hell yeah body. pretty fun hell yeah that's awesome and i've heard good things i played the first one a bit and i remember just kind of like thinking it was fun but not getting too invested yeah. Yeah, I I didn't have Xbox when they were coming out, and the second one I think was PlayStation, but I just never picked it up. And I, yeah, you know, it's fun, it's enjoyable. Just killing time till God of War Two comes out. Yes, but that, yeah. uh, <laughs> next week we're going to be continuing the sibling rivalry theme, and we are going to talk about the 1987 Joel Schumacher classic. 
The Lost Boys. There are two uh, sets of brothers in the movie, so that's where we're true. we're taking it. Two sets of brothers, two great sets of brothers, we'll say. I mean, yeah. tipping our hand, it's a classic. Most people I know like The Lost Boys, so like uh, it's you know. been so long since I've seen it. It's I great. only really remember like uh, the very end. It's of cool. It. Like uh, the, we'll we'll the, talk the, about the it. Grandpa's line, yes. yeah. We'll talk about it, but I, I was in Santa Cruz where they were shot not that long ago. And let me tell you, that movie captures the vibe of a, of a space so fucking well. Um, yeah, it's cool. All right. Well, we'll talk about it next week, though. I'm very awesome. excited. Please rate, review, subscribe anywhere you get this podcast. You can always reach us. Weeklypodcastmassacre at gmail.com for our email. We have both Twitter and Instagram, both at Weekly Massacre. So hit us up. Let us know if you have the birds and bees talk with your siblings as well. If you believe yourself to be an epic poet along the lines of, uh, you know, Beowulf and Homer, all those types. (laughs) If, um, let's see, you have a Casio watch that beeps on the hour every hour. I don't know. I can't think of anything to cap that with. Yeah. If you eat uh, Chinese food in movie theaters, you know. If you have ever fucked a doll, I mean, hey, well, let let's know. no hold on. Let's not let's not take that one. <laughs> That's going to be a lot of people, Greg. If, so you, if you currently if you currently feel the need, back. if you currently are feeling the need, yeah, yeah. If you are thirsty right now, uh-huh. let us know. <laughs> uh, and until next time, I didn't say this in the discussion, but there is a great point where. Leon or Ursula tells Leon that she told Stan about his poetry and his reply is my poetry is private (laughs) oh boy until next time why don't you just sterilize him at the door (laughs) bye bye But I, I was so psyched to be talking about Godzilla, I don't think I even noticed at all. Uh, yeah, you were, you were, like, in a fugue state, yeah. basically. Exactly. Um, okay, Halloween ends. Yeah. It, I, I think I put it when we were watching Joe Bob, or some other discussion was, uh, I, re- I related it to Last Jedi. Yeah. And... It's not as bad as some people say, and I think it is far from as great as some people say. Mm-hmm. Like me, for example, like how I'm going to say. That's the thing. I, I'm going to have to do a full rewatch because I the context in which I saw it probably had a lot to do with my enjoyment. But also, I've been rewatching little bits of it just when I get a chance and like reading other reviews. And I think I totally agree with the people who are on the more positive side of it um, while recognizing there are some awful, awful lines of dialogue in that movie. Just glaring, truly, truly shitty faults. dialogue. And sadly, once again, mostly from Jamie Lee Curtis. And I don't know, mm-hmm. she seems pretty active in the, in, like, she has a good hand on the, she has a hand on the Laurie Strode character in terms of what she does, it seems like, and how she operates. And so throughout these movies with all a lot of my problems being her dialogue in particular 
anytime she talks about trauma and evil and the past and all that shit inside of us, I I sometimes I will just be like, I'm out. I hate this stuff. The way she's talking about it is so hammy. Um, and Halloween ends is no exception. Although I do want to say I think this is the time where they get it the most right. Where yeah, that stuff is awful, but the actual content and what she's saying does kind of nicely apply to the characters in this movie about evil within and evil without you know there's two types and we see like both types of evil kind of converging in one person in this movie um I i'm just gonna say most of my love for this movie comes from that one person i think Corey is a really good performance I, and uh um, a character I'm, i just really enjoy and that's part of the thing I like this. I yeah. like the idea of what they're going for with it. I just have a problem. I think with the granddaughter, all of all of the dialogue is is just so ham-fisted and forced yeah. to us. But like there are so many nice little touches uh like a filmmaker wise. I really do love the blowtorch kill and that like we don't see a lot of it's, it it's, it's, it's like a quarter it's, it's like a quarter of it is on screen yeah it's just right. out of and view which is it's, awesome but it, it's such a soft focus because we're we're focusing on what's in the the background uh i love that i love when Corey and michael do their little scuffle and it's like just a yeah. lot camera and we're going back and forth okay, I, I love that i I think but that's my, okay, I was there's to, just okay, so many times that I I just absolutely hated it. Uh, a, a lot of it didn't make any sense of, like, Michael pulled Corey down there, but then didn't kill him until after they did the Vulcan mind meld, right. which was just... It's strange. Uh, that that I think is where I it like jumped the shark. It's a really weird. Out. It's a really weird way to ha to do it, but I liked it for a couple reasons. Um, I think the I think the fact that they have him look into an eye and like see the flashback of the kid dying. I think that just confuses things a lot. I think there's a way you could do that scene to make it really good, um, and to still get across what they're getting across. Because I um, I, I saw some letterbox review. They called it vampiric this movie and i was like oh yeah that's kind of cool it's interesting and then as i was watching it and then going back and re-watching those scenes in particular michael in that sewer cave people have like referenced uh it right they're saying it's like pennywise and it, like he's effect infecting the whole town starting from the sewers which is true but um i keep getting when i look at this version of michael i really love the mask because it looks different it's burnt it's withered He's ancient, right, looking, and he's feeble. He feels like a mummy from a classic Universal mummy movie. And the sewer is I his I love that tomb. they keep the... Yeah. Yeah, the, the two fingers. Yes. But it's just, it's so, it's so stupid of like, oh, he's weak because he hasn't killed anyone. He's, they say he's been pulling people down there for years. Right. Like, um, I, I'm so confused about his motives of why he went from killing Judy Greer to then oh I'm going to go hide yeah. in a sewer. That stuff it's kind of it's kind of strange it gives me the impression that like I I think I was just hearing or reading somewhere that initially this this was going to be two movies like David Gordon Green's series. It was going to be the 2018 reboot and then one sequel. And I kind of wonder if Kills literally just became filler because that's what it feels like looking back. You know what I mean? It's like 
well, what are we going to do for this middle movie? Sure. How about we just have Michael massacre a bunch of people, and then we'll try to, like, ham-fistedly shove in some messaging there. Do you know what it's I mean? Like, like, yeah, the, they took, they took like, the message and for kills, and then the action of what yeah. should be happening of ends. Because you could go straight from 2018 to ends and really not miss anything except for Judy Greer is dead, right? Like, that's the only thing that it's not going to track fully. Like, what else happens in kills that is, like, a big... You know, part. Of I guess this movie. another another thing relating it to Star Wars is I think one of the biggest detriments of the new trilogy is the timeline that they're yeah. they're on. All the old Star Wars, it's little stories in a war that build upon each other. We have years between each one. Yeah, and then Force Awakens, Last Jedi, it's like automatic, which I, it's like you you fucked up right there. Uh, you know, mm, well, <laughs> uh, first first step in some ways, in some ways. Uh, and then they did. But they did that that thing here as well, where like Halloween and kills is like the same night, right? And then ends is four years. Later. You're right. It's it's actually literally the same like jumps in time, basically. Uh, that's very funny. Bizarre. Yeah, I was gonna say just on a pure a pure enjoyment level, like this is way better than kills. I think there's a lot more to appreciate about it. But one thing in particular. The people who like kills always cite, like, the brutality of it. I'm like, hey, if you're looking for a, just a fucking brutal slasher, kills has got some insane, insane like, gore work and really, like, wild, um, you know, murders <laughs> going on, which is true. But my thing with, with kills, and I know it's, I think it's part of Gordon Green's, like, attempt at, like, uh, you know, like, you know, talking about politics or, like, uh, commentary whatever all of the victims and kills are like innocent old people for the most part you know what i mean or it's like returning characters from the previous movies getting fucking brutally slaughtered or just like like just random people who do not like and that's part of the horror aspect of course i don't deserve it but it just ends up feeling like really fucking mean and unenjoyable to me when it's just like, yeah, awesome kill, but it's like an innocent old black lady. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's not fun to me compared to ends. The... Compared to ends, but that's, but yes, that's, that's the a thing slasher of, thing of Myers. That's the thing of Myers, yeah. of course, of course. It just when you get so much of it in a single movie like Kills, I'm just like, all right, enough. Like, I have seen enough of this. Ends. I with ends, literally, with the exception of one person. Everybody that gets killed is a fucking asshole, which I really liked about it. The kid at the beginning, the, step the kid at the beginning is a dick, right? All the bullies, you got the nurse and the doctor, the DJ, all of them like, in the classic slasher sense deserve to be killed, which also puts you on Corey's side, which is great. I think it's, it's a really good way to double down on like we're having our slasher fun and also your killer becomes your protagonist. Like, I, I thought that was a really fun way to do that. And yes, the stepfather is the one, and it's tragic. Like they make actually make it pretty sad because he's trying to protect Corey. I just thought okay, I was really impressed with how that happened. There's so much interesting about it. It just it to me one of the things is like it'll be it'll do something so well and then it'll undercut itself yeah. almost automatically. It also does that. Yes. I <laughs> I really love the like hand stab through the knife. He pulls it out, grabs mm-hmm. Lori. But then the granddaughter comes and breaks it, like in the most overly comedic sound effect of all time. It's, it's WWE. It's like, I love what yeah. you just did, and then you just pulled the rug right out mm. from under me. I think one of one of another one of the things about it is that the best thing about Michael 
is that he's not exactly supernatural. Yeah. Is that Oh yeah, I think is, this one is really is plain pure yes. evil. But they they make it to a point of like, well, <laughs> he uh, you know, gains power from killing someone when it more looks like he's just coming in his jumpsuit. Well, okay, but I was going to say, I love both aspects of that because my favorite thing about the original Halloween is that there's, of course, so many ways to, because Michael is a blank slate, you can read into it so many ways. But that movie is hammering in that, uh, in my opinion, that it is a psychosexual thing for Michael. He kills his sister right after she has sex, right? After being a voyeur and watching them. Throughout the entire movie, there's so many times where he can make that jump to go, okay, I'm going to sneak in and kill now. But he holds back just to watch. That voyeurs and peepers and these guys, actual serial killers, the bit, the watching is a big part of them. Having that power over somebody of, I'm viewing you, you don't know, you don't know it though right and i have this over you on right i've seen where you're in your most vulnerable state and that is a big part of that first movie where he is just watching it's why he follows laurie around without doing anything you know what i mean he probably could have entered the house when she sees him by the laundry run and killed her then but no he doesn't do it because he just he's still getting off literally getting off on watching and so when he does that there it's a very sexual thing because like Corey's even like laying on the ground and he's like, do it, do it, like, stick it in, basically. Do you know? And then Michael does it, and it's just like, oh, God, oh, here we go. Like, I like it. And then it's also like, yeah, he's also, like, leveling it up because he's killing again. It's like you're having it both I, again, ways. <laughs> I love it. I uh, that uh, That's the problem. I think they want to have their cake and eat it, And too. for me, like, for me, they mostly him, do it. Yeah. Have him jizz his pants. That's fine. Like, yeah. to... I gain power from every soul I take. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, I, I just think, I mean, look, it's heavy. It's nowhere near done as well as the original Halloween, but it is getting back to the idea of like, yeah, you're simultaneously seeing the man and the myth. You know what I mean? Like, both at once. You get the boogeyman and, and the human they, side of it. It's way more of a boogeyman, basically, but yeah. At the end of Kills is that, oh, he is like yeah, invincible. Fuck all, fuck all of that. That stuff is so dumb. Uh, right, but the, I mean that's what le- is leading into this. Like we have to take that yeah. step first, and even if it's like a giant misstep, they still continue. I get it's my opinion with Last Jedi. It was a it was a big misstep, and they're like, well, we gotta try to course correct, and they did the same thing here. Yeah, this 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 one it's it's literally the opposite trajectory for me. Well, kind of this it starts the same because like Force Awakens and twenty eighteen. I'm like, fine fine yeah yeah you remade the first one but worse good job um you know and in that there's good stuff there's interesting things but for the most part like whatever i didn't need that personally Mm -hmm. you know and then the second one you are you come in with with like a take for sure and with the last jedi just for me hits every it knocks all of it out of the park on like every single level it's like yes are there quibbles sure whatever but in terms of like the grander sense of what they are going for they could not have made a movie more uh like in my wheelhouse you know what i mean where yeah that's literally everything i want from star wars is what you laid out in last jedi and that allows me to to overlook Mm -hmm you know some some weaker moments of writing or performance whatever like uh i generally like everything in that movie but i can also recognize okay yeah there's some stuff that is going to bump people i think the reaction to it is crazy overblown because it's star wars and people hold it so precious 
Um, I that's and that's the thing that people people are disliking it for certain reasons. Yeah. and I'm like, I this is just sexist racism. Yeah, like, there there are legitimate reasons to dislike exactly. this movie. Yeah. I'm not agreeing with why you are disliking it because right. that is a bad take. I don't like any of the story structure sure. aspects. That's that fine because it did with the movie. It is an it is an oddly structured movie for sure. But I also like that swing for it. So it's like you know. Whatever. Um, they, there's just and things... it's the thing with with ends. Yeah, I am glad that it's not cookie cutter. That it's not the same. That it is trying something different. I just don't necessarily think it it works. Yeah, especially. But and it's when people tell me, "Oh, it's a five out of five. I'm like, <laughs> five out of five. That's the thing. That's a f- that's the thing. That no with, notes. With, uh... No notes. <laughs> that's the thing that was like Last Jedi. Like Last Jedi is a five out of five for me. Um, I have notes, but like I just think that in terms of the pure enjoyment I get out of it, and like the way it sets off my brain when I watch that movie, I'm like that has to be a five out of five. It's like what I love about movies is what that thing is doing. Um, Halloween Ends is not that level for me, but I think there's a lot to it where it's like, yeah, is there some stupid shit on the surface? Absolutely. Are there like weird like re- like ridiculous moments in there that to- like, totally invalidate the rest of the movie? Like, yeah, I don't really think the ending is good. Um, I think they really do Corey dirty, but I can appreciate what they're doing where it's that 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 reading that letterbox review where that person said vampiric and then having that mummy revelation and then uh red letter media did a great video about it where they pointed out like the themes of transformation and change and pointed out the werewolf mask the kid is wearing in the beginning the song i am a teenage werewolf like there's just classic monster imagery all throughout it that i appreciated uh him and his cave is a lot like bride of frankenstein in the very beginning when you learn the frankenstein monster is still alive he's hiding out in this watery cave like in the walls of it you know what i mean like in this limestone cavern like there's a lot of stuff there like when frankenstein meets the wolfman yes that too that's the other thing there's like a a recurring motif of frankenstein like stuck in this cave right and a character coming in and discovering in there like uh there's a million references to other john carpenter movies there's a christine connection they they show the thing and then i've been listening to the soundtrack and it's kind of funny because in the in the score for that section you can hear like a pulsing heartbeat in the in the in the in the score that Carpenter put in there that sounds like the Thing score, and I'm like, there's so much cool stuff going on here. You're blending classic Universal monsters and John Carpenter stuff. Like that's sick, man. I love that. Like, and it, I think they they nail that. Um, when I was watching all the Universal monster movies a couple years ago, uh, one of the Mummy movies. It's either the Mummy's Ghost or the Mummy's Hand. It's one of those two. Not good movies. Those those mummy sequels get really boring and repetitive. And one thing they do is that they bring the mummy over to the United States. Um, and he is just like walking around suburban neighborhoods in like the 50s. And it's really lame because it's a really bad costume and there's not much going on. But while I was watching it years ago, I was like, this imagery does remind me of Halloween. Having this like big hulking white-faced like mass like going through these like suburban backyards and i'm like that that is like halloween imagery and now we have a movie where michael is like a mummy man in the sewer <laughs> and i'm like things are coming full circle again that fine i like it i actually really like Corey's ending i like his motivations and and the way that he portrays it but then you go way over the top yes. with the myers ending yep. and i 
sure, maybe they were wanting you to laugh, like, at the absurdity of it, but it's such a oh, jarring tonal shift. It is. It's, of, a, it's, it's a tonal it, mess, kind of. Yeah, I agree. Because... But then, but, but then that's why I don't, like, understand people are, like, masterpiece. Yeah. I see. I think the tonal shift, it, it's simultaneously a flaw, but, and this is the other thing. I was going to start out by saying, my friend and I, I went and saw it with a, with a really good friend of mine. I hadn't seen him in months. Uh, he just got married, and so we were celebrating that. And, like, we we got a little drunk because we're like, this is going to be a shitty movie. We both hated kills. So we're like, let's have a few drinks. We're watching it. We're prepared to hate it. But as we're watching it, we I mean, we are laughing our asses off about at some of this stuff, right? Because it is so ridiculous. And then we kept turning to each other being like, what the fuck is going to happen next? And just that was a really fun way to watch this movie being like, I have zero idea where this is headed, but I am interested, you know? And then when you get to the kills, the kills are graphic and crazy. We were laughing our fucking asses to the point where I was like, are we disturbing everybody else in the movie theater? Because, like, when Michael gets thrown <laughs> into the shredder and you see, like, his body and head just, like, burst into goo. So I, I really like it from both ends. 